don't even notice. Uh, <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> Did you say same to you? Okay, thanks. Because <laughs> if you... Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> stop. No, keep going. No, stop. Um, somebody has to take all the attention. Pastor Gary Sr. is away today, so... So I'll take it. Um, actually, mentioning him, he is on vacation, and uh, he texted me yesterday and said, I'll be praying for you tomorrow, and I know God's going to do great things, and I get to spend Mother's Day with my mom. So that's where he is, spending Mother's Day with his mother. So um, him and Lana are there and having a good time. Um, also, I wanted to share with you before I started, because I can't really do this in the middle of my, my message, but because we're family, I can share this with you. Okay, so most of you would know it's my first Mother's Day. Okay, my son's been there. He's so cute. Anyway, um, I'll try and stay on point today. So uh, because today's a busy day and I left really early this morning, I got my Mother's Day gift last night. And so uh, my son, who's eight months old, did a very good job of buying this necklace for me. You can see it later up front. Yeah, it's a heart with a mom and a, and a baby in the middle. It's so cute. He did a really good job. Okay. Um, but I had to show you my favorite part because, I mean, what does Hurley have to work with, right? So this is what it was wrapped in. Well, come on. It comes with its own tape. What's he supposed to do, right? So the box was wrapped in, don't worry, it's a clean diaper, for those of you wondering. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it says, Happy Mother's Day, Love, Hurley. XOXO. I know, isn't his printing fabulous? He's way beyond his years already. So anyway, I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But It's clean, so it shouldn't. So there was a time in my life when I wondered if I would ever be asked to speak on Mother's Day. In my experience, you have to be a senior pastor or a mother to speak on Mother's Day. And God is so faithful, and he's better late than never, and at 35 years of age, I'm speaking on my first Mother's Day as a mom. And so I love it when he fulfills a couple of dreams at once. And this last eight months has been quite the journey. I've been able to see myself and who I really am, and who am I? Who am I without sleep? Hmm. Let me tell you that isn't pretty. <laughs> Just ask my poor husband. <laughs> He's the one that gets the brunt of it because I just can't act like that in public. So he gets it at home. <laughs> the other day we were driving in the car and I just looked at him and I said, am I angry all the time? Why am I angry all the time? Why do I have such a short fuse lately? And he just looked at me like deer caught in headlights. And he said, am I supposed to answer? <laughs> and then it was, am I angry all the time? I'm not angry all the time. <laughs> Poor guy, that's all I can say about that. Um, and I'm running on less than three hours sleep today, so I'm just hoping to make sense. That's all I'm hoping for. So anyway, you pray for me while you sit there. <laughs> to be honest, this last year I have found myself in an identity crisis. And again, when I speak, I'm pretty vulnerable and Today is going to be no different, and I'm just going to share with you my journey of this last eight months. The Lord and I have been on quite the journey of identity. Identity is quite the thing. What is identity? And there are sermon notes if you want to follow along in your 
newsletter. Um, You can jot some things down. The dictionary says, identity is the condition of being oneself and not another. The condition as to who a person is. Identity is a term used to describe a person's expression of their individuality or group affiliations. So such as national identity and cultural identity, things like that. Identity may be defined as the distinctive character belonging to any given individual or shared by all members of a particular social category or group. The term emphasizes the sharing of degree of sameness or oneness with others in a particular area or given point. However, the formation of one's identity occurs through identification with significant others, and this is primarily with parents. And we try and aspire to their characteristics and their values. How would you answer the question, who am I? I think lots of times when people answer that question, they answer with what they do. You say, who are you? I'm a police officer, a doctor, a teacher. This is also how I would have answered this question prior to having Hurley. It works out when you're happy with what you do and you're fulfilled in it. But when you're pulled out from that and thrust into something new, what happens? I experienced this this last year. I want to let you in on my journey of identity crisis. Last year, if I would have been asked, who are you? I probably would have been answered. I probably would have answered, I'm a pastor. After having Hurley, now what? I'm a mother, a wife, a daughter, a granddaughter, a sister, a friend. Am I still a pastor? Those are, that's my life in a capsule there. <laughs> Um, what happens when your identity and those things are not enough? That's when the Lord spoke to me and said, Cher, your identity needs to be in me because that is the only thing that will never change because I never change. And I started thinking about that. If my identity was really in Christ, then I could lose my job, my husband, my parents, even my child, and I would still be the same person because my identity would be in Christ. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who am I? When I was thinking about what to speak on today, I knew, and I knew the Lord wanted me to speak on this. I said, God, this is too simple. This is too easy. Everybody knows this. And I really felt God say to me, they may know it, but they don't live it. And that was exactly me. I knew it, but I didn't live by it. I knew it so well. I even knew it well enough to counsel others in it. (laughs) My answer for most things was, well, you need to just find out who you are in Christ. You need to just anchor your self-worth in Christ. And it was just as simple as that. (laughs) But until this last year, I never really understood what it meant or how to fully do that. Who am I? Pastor, wife, now just a mother. Okay, this is the point in the, in the sermon where I take my liberties as a mother, and I'm going to show you a little slideshow of my son. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this was Hurley when he was first born. Um, and, oh, that was him pre-haircut. 
That was five months of hair. Yeah. And this is his new little haircut. So that was my little uh, take liberty, and I'm just assuming you want to see my son's slideshow. (laughs) So today, we're going to look into my identity crisis. My journey in learning to how to anchor my identity in the only thing that will never change in my life. So rather than the question, who am I? The question we should be asking is, who am I in Christ? God's word says, I am God's child. I am a friend of Jesus Christ. I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And this scripture from 2 Timothy 1.7 is of special encouragement to me because honestly, since becoming a mom, there are days when I look into the mirror and wonder, who is that crazy person? I have turned into this sleep-deprived control freak who at times loses touch with reality, and I have to remind myself that in Christ I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. And I'm sure that must encourage Jim as well. (laughs) So let's go through. Why do I need to know who I am in Christ? And this is where your notes start. Let's look at three reasons why I believe we need to know who we are in Christ. I need to know who I am in Christ to be complete. Colossians 2, 9 and verse 10 says, we are complete in Christ. There is a grounding, a comfort in being sure of who you are. And I'm sure some of us have seen the movie Jerry Maguire, that famous line where Tom Cruise says to his love interest, I love you. You complete me. And therein lies humanity's main problem. We look to other humans to complete us, to be our reason for living, to be our happiness, when the only way that we can be complete is if we anchor our life in Christ. And when I first wrote this point, I put to feel complete. And I thought, no, well, I felt the Lord saying that that doesn't work (laughs) because our feelings come and go. They change. They're up and down. So whether I feel it or not, I am complete in Christ because God says so. And I believe it. And that's it. That's faith. So we need to know who we are in Christ to be complete. Secondly, to live a stable life. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only way your life can be unchanging is if Your foundation is rooted in the only unchanging one. Circumstances may change. My occupation may change. My likes and my dislikes may change. People may come and go. But Christ never changes. And your identity in him will never change. And understanding who you are in Christ will give you a strong foundation to build your life on. Knowing who you are in Jesus is the key to a successful Christian life. There is a comfort to stability. When you are a person who is secure in who you are, a person who knows who they are, 
then you're not led by your feelings. No matter what happens, it can't rock you. No matter what your feelings do, they change up and down. It doesn't matter. That doesn't change the way you feel about yourself because it can't change who you are. And when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. It's time to stop living out who people say we are and take hold of who Christ says we are. We need to know who we are in Christ to be complete, to live a stable life, and thirdly, to reflect Christ. The more you agree with God about your identity in Christ, the more your behavior will reflect your God-given identity. If you don't know who you are in Christ, how can you treat others properly? How can you love them with God's love? It's impossible. Colossians three twelve to 17. This is, this is my text this morning. I kind of went back and forth in it, but um, really this is my life passage. If I'm having questions on how to treat people or, or I just need you know, a little encouragement in the Lord of how, how I should be living, I go to Colossians 3, so I encourage you to read that today. Colossians three twelve to 17. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as qu- quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else, put on love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ have run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. And in order to treat others like this, in order to have forgiveness, in order to have love, we must be anchored in who we are in Christ. We must know that we are His children, that we are children of the King. Not so that we can boast in ourselves, but so that we can boast in Him. (laughs) Your identity doesn't depend on something you do or you have done. Your true identity is who you are in Christ. It is only when we really know this, then out of that security and joy of who I am in Christ, I can be Jesus. I can be His hands and feet extended to others, and I can reflect him and treat others as he would in the world. Because if I don't do that, how will they know? They will know you by your love. Well, how can we have his love if we don't have his identity? Now that we've talked about why we need to know who we are in Christ, let's make it practical. 
we also need to know how can I know who I am in Christ? How can I know who I am in Christ? Firstly, accept what God says about you. I, this was a tough one for me, and I, and I don't know how, how else to say it. It's so simple, but I believe that God is really doing a work in hearts today. Accept what God says about you. Learn to see yourself as God sees you. Accept what God says about you and become the spiritual person you are. God's opinion is the one that counts. And here's the thing. How are we to know what God says about us unless we go to him and ask, unless we read his word? And that's where our responsibility, that's, that's where I was at. It was something that I just knew, but I didn't keep renewing my mind. And I didn't keep renewing my heart and reading that and, and just getting down into my heart who I am in Christ and letting that be my identity, letting that be my security. Who I am in Christ. I just put a few scriptures here, and there's tons more. You can email me if you want me to send you this and all the scriptures, and or you just Google who I am in, who am I in Christ, and they all come up. I am loved. I am accepted. I am a child of God. I am Jesus' friend. I am a joint heir with Jesus, sharing his inheritance with him. I am a temple of God. His spirit and his life live in me. I think some of these things we take for granted sometimes. Think about that. The God of the universe lives in you through his Holy Spirit. He lives in me. So when we say, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Yes, we can. Because we've got the power of the living God in us. And we can do whatever we need to do through Christ. Sorry, that was a Joyce Meyer quote. <laughs> she just flows out of me sometimes. I am redeemed and forgiven. And that was so powerful today. Um, I just appreciate the worship team and communion. And, and what a powerful moment to, to always remember. I am redeemed and forgiven. I'm a child of God. I'm complete in Jesus Christ. There it is again. I am free from condemnation. I'm free from condemnation. I am a new creation because I am in Christ. I am chosen of God, holy, dearly loved. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. I have direct access to God. Does that ever make you wonder <laughs> how amazing it is that the God of the universe made it so that we can talk right to him? We don't need to go through anybody, but we talk to our Father. It's amazing. I'm chosen to bear fruit. I can always know the presence of God because he never leaves me. Hebrews 13.5. You might want to jot that one down. I can always know the presence of God because he never leaves me. Hebrews 13, 5. God works in me to help me do the things he wants me to. I can ask God for wisdom and he will give me what I need. So simply choose to believe what God says about you. Secondly, 
Live as though you believe what God says about you. Live as though you believe what God says about you. I found this quote. You need to know who you are in Christ so that you can know what to do, when to do it, where to go, and how to do it. Well, that's everything. (laughs) As someone who believes what God says about me, there should be a joy and a peace like no other. Someone else should be able to look into my life and see that I am secure in who I am in Christ, and I have a joy and a peace that no matter what my circumstances do, it doesn't knock me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying we deny our feelings, we're sad about things, we grieve our humanness. Um, we have those emotions, of course, but there's an anchor that is deeper than that. That no matter how I'm feeling, Lord, I know who I am in you. I know that I am yours, and you never change. So I'm going to be okay. I should live with a stable security and a confidence that is unmatched by this world. Unmatched. I think it's really important that, especially in our world today, (laughs) that people have people to look at who know who they are in Christ. Because what other hope do we have? (laughs) We have no other hope. I was sharing with my sister about what I was going to speak about today, and she was telling me about the former NFL coach, Tony Dungy. He was interviewed recently and was asked, he was asked, who is Tony Dungy? And without a hesitation, his first response was, I am a child of God. He went on to say, my significance is in who I am as a child of God, seeking to bring him glory. That is someone who believes what God says about him. It oozes from him. It's his default. It's his first reaction. How can we accept what God says about us and live as though we believe what God says about us unless we meditate on what he says and hide his word in our hearts? And if we were to set our minds and hearts on these phrases about who we are in Christ, how would that change our day? I just want you to think about that. If you got up every day and read those 20 things or whatever it was about who you are in Christ and then left your house, how would that change your day? And I want to challenge us all to take those verses and read them. Do a little study on who you are in Christ. Print them out. Hang them up. Put them in your car. Whatever it is. The more you know about who you are in Christ, the more your behavior will reflect your true identity. Accept what God says about you. Live as though you believe what God says about you. And lastly, and most importantly, if we're wanting to live this Christian life, treat others as though you believe God says the same thing about them. Treat others as though you believe God says the same thing about them. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. To live an effective Christian life, you need to know and believe who you are in Christ. Understanding your identity in Christ is crucial to your success. The best way to renew your mind and experience transformation is by knowing, thinking, 
and speaking who you are in Christ. Train yourself to say the same things that God says in his word. Become who you are in Christ. God wants to do more in your life than you could ever imagine. He wants you to call this identity out in others. We are to build each other up, not tear each other down. I go back to Colossians 3. He is your life. And this is when I need an encouragement on how to treat people and and what I'm doing and living this life. I read this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around. To what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you. The glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. And then I skip down to verse 9. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in your new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator with His label on it. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So encouraging. I want to be someone who makes a difference. Who lives a life that matters. And the only way to do it is to anchor my hopes, my dreams, and especially my identity in Christ. But rather than to continue to be all talk or all thoughts, I actually have to do it. (laughs) I'm so sick of hearing sermons and thinking, great word, so encouraging. And then I go home and I don't apply it to my life. What kind of testimony is my life if I'm not rooted and grounded in Christ to be complete, to live a stable life and to reflect Christ so that I can accept what God says about me, live as though I believe it, and call it out in others? Listen to this song as they sing. of what you've done 
Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind still you. me when I fall and it's told me who I
we are complete in Christ. We may feel like those things, but God, I'm this, but God, I'm that, but God, I'm this. And he says, you're mine. I don't know what God is saying to you, but there are some here who are hearing this for the first time. You didn't know that Jesus loves you. And you're going to accept him today. You're going to accept his love into your life today. And there are some who have heard this their entire lives like I had. need to believe it and others who have heard and believe it and need to do it you may be anchored in Christ yourself just fine and and the Lord is asking you to reflect on how that affects others in your life you may know who you are in Christ but when is the last time you called that out in someone else when is the last time you encouraged someone else to be who they are in Christ. When I say this for some of you, a person comes to mind that God wants you to do that for, that God wants you to minister to and encourage them in who they are in Christ. It may be with these scriptures that were in the sermon today or it may be another way. I truly believe that when we hear the word of God, we are now responsible for that word. And we must respond in order to grow. That's maturity in Christ. So however that is for you, wherever you are on that journey, I pray that you would receive what God has said to you. Because no matter how long we've known him, whether we've met him today or whether we've known him for 60 years, there's always something to learn. There's always something to apply. And that's the awesome thing about our Lord. So why don't you stand... And before I close in prayer, we're going to sing this bridge and chorus. And whether you want to just listen, whether you want to sing in, the words will be words will be on the screen. And uh, let's sing this together and then we'll pray. Not because of who I am, but because of what you of what I've done, but because of who you are, I am a quickly fading into taking on tomorrow, waves tossed in the ocean, vapor in the
And I pray that however we need to apply that to our lives, that you would help us, <laughs> that you would show us, because we don't need to do that in our own strength. And Lord, for the one sitting here today that does not know your love and wants to receive you, God, I pray you would make that make sense into their heart at this moment. And as they just cry out to you for forgiveness, for you to live through them in their lives and change their life and make them a new creation. I pray that you would teach them who they are in you, Christ. For those of us who need to do what we know and what we believe, those of us who need to accept what you say about us, God, those of us who actually need to get our Bible out and do a study on this, God, give us the strength to do what we need to do. And especially for those of us who need to reflect who we are in Christ to others. For those of us who need to call it out in someone else. God, help us be your hands and feet. Help us be your love and your joy and your peace. So that people can look at us and say, if they can go through that and still believe, I can. 